Welcome to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey, and I want to thank you all for tuning in today and spending the next half hour with me. As you all know, we get together each Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, and then again on Sunday, normally at 6 p.m., but tomorrow, if you wanted to re-listen to this episode, is that it's going to be brought up to 4 o'clock in the afternoon instead of 6 o'clock in the evening because of the National Finals Rodeo. But then the following week, it'll go back to the normal time of Sunday at 6 p.m. And obviously, that is on Sirius XM Rural Radio Channel 147. So I want to thank you for that. But also, I want to remind you that I am posting the back episodes, I think, from July 31st forward on my website, which is farmmachinerydigest.com. And uh, just go to the part, go to the website and click on the tab. It says FMD Radio, and you will find the back episode. So this way, if you want to listen to something uh, again, or you have a problem in the future, God forbid, with something, say, hey, I want to listen to that show again because I have to work on this. It is going to be there for perpetuality as a podcast. So I think that's uh, will be a good tool in your toolbox, metaphorically, if you get a chance to do that. The other thing I want to tell you is that I am every year since I started my Idle Chatter podcast, which was October of 2018. So it's a little bit more than three years. And then it'll be the fourth Christmas with this Christmas. I did a, uh, excuse me, what to buy the hot rod farmer in your life Christmas gift guide. So I do that as a podcast and as an article on my website. So please, that is up now. I'm not going to do it on the radio show because it takes a little bit too much time for me to explain all of the different tools. I think this year I have 16 different tools that I'm featuring on there and there's suggestions. And if you go back into the archives, there'll be the same thing for 2018, 19, and 20. So those tools from a couple of years ago are just just as important to have in the farm shop. So those resources are still there for you to go back in and look at them. And you could make a suggestion to someone because if they're going to spend money on you, they might as well buy something of, of value that uh, you could use. And what I feature in this is I spend throughout the year, I keep my eyes open for unique tools, unique pieces of equipment that the average person on a farmer ranch may not be exposed to. So they're professional grade tools coming from the repair industry. And um, they're all there and you can look them over. And if on in the article on the website, I have a picture of each description and I also have a link to that company's website. I also have a price. I do I always do some price shopping on the internet, and I say this is more or less what that particular tool costs. And then sometimes you get it cheaper, but you have an idea. So if you want, if you so if, if you want to spend X amount of dollars on someone or yourself, right? You'd say, well, hey, you know, this is what it, this is what it's all about. So please, please check that out and let me know how you like that. So the other thing I wanted to talk about today is to tell you what what we're going to cover in the episode. And today's episode, I'm going to discuss a heat gun. A temperature, people call it infrared temperature gun. Some people call it a heat gun. Some people call it non-contact thermometer. And that's, you know, agriculture today is very data-driven, right? We have a lot of data, data from the combine, data from satellites, data from planters. And years ago, when I had my shop, we were running a Mustang, and Drag Race Mustang was in the uh, Pro 5.0 class of 
it was called profile of national mustang races associated basically we raced other cars but if you went into that association you raced just other fords it's predominantly mustangs but anyway uh we had put a data acquisition system on the car and it was a pretty pretty fast car for the time it was an eight second car around about 160 something miles an hour in a quarter mile and you know we put this data acquisition on I mean, you get overwhelmed with, with information. It's wheel speed, drive shaft speed, this front axle lift, the rear squat. I mean, there's so many different things. It's like when you first get data on your farm, right? You have a uh, you have a yield map. You have you overlay it with a fertility map. But I mean, it, it becomes overwhelming in the beginning, and you almost long for the old days when you had no data. You flew by the seat of your pants, right? Whether you're planting crops or whether you're drag racing. But then once you start to look at that data and take the time to understand it, it becomes a great value. So an infrared non-contact thermometer heat gun, whatever you want to call it, is like a data acquisition system, but most people are not using it to its fullest potential. So that is what we are going to discuss today and go over that. So give you some ideas of how to use that tool beyond just leaving it in your toolbox or tool chest. And I want you to never forget that agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. SiriusXM. The best collection of podcasts is just a tap away. Hear podcasts from Marvel, including the award-winning Wolverine, The Long Night. And exclusive podcasts, Marvel Method and Marvel's Declassified. Plus original podcasts from your favorite SiriusXM hosts, including Stormy Warren, Fantasy Sports' Lisa Ann, and Jeff Lewis. Listen to the podcast favorites you've been hearing about. Without ever having to leave the SiriusXM app. Free for most subscribers. Just download it today and tap podcasts. The National Finals Rodeo is returning to Las Vegas this December, and so is the Cowboy Channel. Get ready for the most comprehensive coverage yet. The day begins with Outside the Barrel with Flint Rasmussen at 3.30 Eastern. Then it's the NFR Tailgate Party from the Cowboy Channel, Cowboy Christmas. From there, the focus shifts to Thomas and Mac, Western Sports Roundup NFR Edition at 7 Eastern, and the NFR Pre-Show at 8 Eastern. We'll have the opening ceremonies uninterrupted starting at 8.45, and then it's rodeo time. The go-around kicks off at 9 Eastern, and note the time change. This is one hour earlier than past years in Las Vegas. You can watch all 10 rounds live on the Cowboy Channel and RFD TV. We'll unpack what happened in the performance on the NFR Post Show at 11.30 and celebrate with the go-around winners from the South Point Hotel and Casino at 12.30 a.m. with the NFR Go-Round Buckle Ceremony. It's 10 hours of coverage a day for 10 consecutive days. The National Finals Rodeo like you've never seen it before this December on the Cowboy Channel and RFD TV. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Kenyon from the Cowboy Channel and Rural Radio and Western Sports Roundup from Las Vegas and the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Our entire team, Jeff Meadows, Ty McClary, Justin McKee, Amy Wilson-Cameron, Janie Johnson, we're all here to bring you the latest from the NFR. We've got 10 hours a day of coverage on the Cowboy Channel. We'll bring it to you every day here on Rural Radio. The Wrangler National Finals Rodeo is here on Rural Radio and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, and as I said in the opening segment, what I'm going to discuss today is how to use your infrared thermometer, non-contact thermometer uh, gun to its fullest potential. And I'm sure you guys are using it, 
but I want to just bring forward some ideas, some basic ideas of what you could do, do and check with it and how valuable a tool, because it's data acquisition, right? It's just like looking at a yield monitor, but you're looking at temperature of things. And the great thing about it is that you don't, you could shoot, you could take the temperature reading of something that's moving. You could take the temperature reading of something that that's very hard to access. So there's a lot of potential there, but there's not going to be a lot of potential if it stays in the case in your toolbox with a dead battery. So I got a list of a few things here that I want to go over and also, uh, Know that if you have any questions or I can help you in any way, never, ever, ever hesitate to reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com. And also, I don't have a pin in my map this week, so please let me know where you listen from. Send me an email and I could put a pin in my map with your name on it, and then I would be very happy to announce you on the radio show and the podcast. And if you choose not to be announced, that's fine. Just tell me, hey, this is George. I farm in Montana, and I don't want my name announced. So that is great. And I'm doing that just simply, as I say every week, to get an idea of where my audience is so I could better serve you. No ulterior motive than other to serve you better and bring you things that are applicable to your farm. Because this whole, this, the website, the podcast, this radio show on SiriusXM is all about a transfer of knowledge. Because if I could transfer knowledge to you about your equipment, it's going to be one of those three legs in the stool of profitability on your farm or ranch. So, uh, so please let me know where you are listening from. Okay, so without any further ado, we got a lot of area to cover. And as the, the song from Smokey and the Band said, we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there, right? So the first thing that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to represent is to use your infrared gun you're not, we'll call it a non-contact thermometer, so I'll keep repeating everything, drive you nuts over the next half hour, right, to check the tire temperature. Now, you could, it's very important to keep an eye on tire temperature, but what, I'm, what I really want to emphasize is that we need to realize that, and I'm going to use it in pounds per square inch, not the metric equivalent, out of, and no disrespect to my, to, to my Canadian listeners, but... A, a basic rule is that air pressure in a tire will change one PSI for every 10 degrees Fahrenheit. So if it, the tire gets hotter, like it's in the sun, and it goes up 10 degrees, it's going to add one PSI of pressure. If the tire drops 10 degrees, it's going gonna, it's gonna to subtract one PSI. So for easy arithmetic, let's say we have a tire with, that we want 30 pounds of air in it and we are going and we and we checked the tire pressure and we did not check the temperature and the temp and the and the tire pressure reads 32 the gauge reads 32 pounds and we have two pounds over what we want but that tire is 90 degrees because it's sitting in the sun now we go to the other side of the vehicle or the piece of equipment we'll say it's a vehicle because i'm using 30 pounds and we check it and it's 20 it, and it's 29 pounds or 28 pounds well this is going to skew and specifically important in the winter time and i'll explain why most people will check tire pressure for instance on their pickup truck their car you're not going to be i mean you could be running your combine in the winter when it's cold but we'll use that like I said, it's, a, it's any, anything that has a tire, anything that has air pressure. So, and you're in the shop and the shop is 70 degrees and you check the pressure. 
and the pressure is 30 degrees or 30 degrees 30 pounds so you say okay fine now i need to put air in the tire and then you leave the vehicle outside overnight and it is zero degrees all right so we went from 70 degrees to zero degrees that tire the next morning will only have 23 pounds of air in it so it's very very important so to make sense of this what i like to do is i take a temperature reading of my tires with the non-contact thermometer and if, and then i i i normalize it for a temperature that i feel is good for new jersey in the winter so i'll normalize it for 40 degrees so i'll i'll put more air in it or i'll put more air in it if it's if it the temperature if the tire is warmer and the tire is colder i will adjust that accordingly now keep in mind also that when you run a compressor in a shop that the compressor itself by nature of compressing the air is going to heat it so the air coming out of the compressor into the tire is going to be hotter than the ambient temperature in the in the farm shop or outside so that is why lots of times when you put air in the tire you air up a tire and you go and you check it a couple hours later and the temperature normalized then you will see that the that the air pressure has dropped and lots of times it happens when you get a car serviced in, in town or a tire shop and the guy said put 32 to put 32 pounds in it and you come home it's got 28 because the compressor was running was hot so you could use the infrared gun to monitor tire temperature also use it to monitor brake temperature what you could do is that you're you're running a vehicle and you just go around and you could shoot the drums shoot the rotors shoot the wheels what have you and it's a very good way to tell if a brake is starting to drag or if there's something going on you have a grain cart that happens to have brakes on anything with brakes on it you could take temperature readings and as and as an oe an oe meaning original equipment the car manufacturers do that matter of fact when I was working with BMW of North America, that was one of the things that we were doing. That I was doing the trailer towing testing on the X5 Sport Utility, and we had to go out there and we had to always take temperature readings of the rotors, the calipers, the the, the wheel, the rim, and and the tire. But keep in mind that you could use that temperature gun to determine whether a brake is dragging slightly or if there's something going on. The other thing is that when it comes to engines and specifically multi-cylinder engines that by taking a temperature reading at the exhaust port you could determine whether a cylinder is misfiring or not so let's say you have a multi-cylinder engine six-cylinder engine four-cylinder engine right it's going right one cylinder engine obviously it only has one cylinder so you know which one is misfiring and you're trying to quickly determine hey this is which cylinder is giving me the problem if you take a temperature reading as close to the exhaust port as possible maybe inch out of the exhaust port and that's what's nice about these guns because you don't have to get in the air close and you take in and the coldest temper the coldest cylinder the coldest exhaust will be the one that is misfiring so that's with a diesel engine or with a gasoline engine and you could so you go and you take a temperature reading at the exhaust port on the exhaust manifold and it'll give you an idea it's hey that looks like cylinder number three has got the problem because it's 150 degrees cooler than the other so very 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 important and very quick and easy diagnostic step with through temperature readings the other thing is that you could take it take bearings you want to determine if a bearing is starting to go bad whether it's on a planter or whether it's on a road vehicle or combine whatever it may be if there's you could take a temperature reading of of a bearing you say well geez well the other bearing is 150 degrees and this one is 225 
So then again, you know, you have to determine when you're looking at something with temperature, if it's, you know, is the problem when it has a problem, is it hotter or is it colder, right? So that's what you have to determine in your mind when you uh, take those readings. So for instance, like with a bearing, if the bearing is hotter, obviously it has more friction. And on an exhaust part of a zone that if it's colder, it's obviously misfiring. So that is very, very important. Another thing you could use this temperature gun for, and you know, none of this stuff is rocket science, I'm sure that that you would have thought of it or, or doing it right now, but the whole idea is that it's a tool that most people don't reach for all the time. And what I'm trying to convey in this in this episode today is to to tell you this is a data acquisition system. It's like a yield map on a combine that gives you so much data, but you have to use it and you have to look at it. Another thing is that you want to determine if a radiator is plugged. What you do is take a temp, take a temperature reading across the core of the radiator. So if it's a if it's a downdraft radiator, then what would happen is that the coolant would come in the top and come go down to the bottom and then go exit out of the bottom tank. If it's a if it's a cross flow radiator, it would go from one tank across horizontally. But regardless, when the coolant goes down that core it is going to reduce in temperature because it's going to it's a heat exchanger it's going to send that heat out into atmosphere so if you're looking for a plug in the core you're looking for something now keep in mind is that if you're looking for a plug in a radiator core if it's plugged let's say this tube is plugged these two tubes are plugged and there's no coolant going through it that is actually going to be cooler than the other tubes that are passing the coolant so you have to realize, as, as I was saying, if the, you have to think through this and use a thought process because if there's no coolant going there, it's going to be cooler, right? Then it would be if it's dissipating if it's dissipating heat. Another thing is, hey, you look over, you know, the temperature gauge says that the engine is getting hot. Is that accurate? Is the gauge accurate? Is the sending unit going bad? So you could take the take the non-contact thermometer and shoot shoot it by the thermostat housing, shoot it by the water jacket on the engine, regardless of what it is whether it's in a, in a vehicle or whether it's in a piece of farm equipment. So it gives you a lot of good, good data there. You could shoot the oil pan to try to determine how the oil is running. You know, is the engine running, is the engine running hot? And with this, like I say, it's a, it's a good idea for, and it's actually fun and you get to empirically know what things run. And that's, a, that's a lot of empirical data that's of great value as you as you have a piece of equipment in your farm because if you know say hey you know this this oil usually runs about 200 degrees at the oil pan if it doesn't have a, if it doesn't have a uh, a temperature gauge in the uh, on the dashboard and now you're at 240 250 whatever then it's an idea of something going going on and i'm not saying you spend your whole life taking temperature readings but it's a great diagnostic tool you don't don't even get your hands dirty and it brings a lot of value to the table and you could even use it beyond that right i take my infrared gun and i go out when I'm, before i get ready to plant and i'll dig up the soil more or less two inches and i'll take a temperature reading of the soil to see what the soil temperature is right you could use it in in the farm shop or in the house all right and uh, to, to check the temperature of a circuit breaker you could check the temperature of uh, uh, of a furnace you could there's a zillion things that you could check with it if you just apply to apply a thought process of wanting to achieve and glean some data and the more data that you have the better the, the more the more data that you have the the more accurate the diagnostic procedure you could evoke 
and the better decisions you can make. So just think about that. If you don't have a non-contact thermometer, you should buy one. They used to be very expensive. You don't need one that's that's overly, overly accurate for $1,000. You can buy one probably for under $100. And you know, keep it with you. Keep it in your toolbox. And also, if you check some other things with it, just send me an email and let me know what you are checking with them. And it's going to be a great, great resource. And please, you'll it's fun also to find out what things, what temperature things run. If you're a farmer or rancher, chances are you've thought about joining Kansas Farm Bureau. So what's stopping you? Your membership means you have a seat at the table when it comes to the issues that affect your farm. Things like trade, taxes, water, and regulations. The state's largest farm advocacy organization brings your message to policy decision makers at the county, state, and national level. The Voice of Agriculture becomes your voice and fights for Kansas farmers and ranchers. And a Kansas Farm Bureau membership includes other benefits. For about $50 a year, you'll receive discounts on equipment and supplies, cell phone plans, financial and legal support, home and office supplies, and more. You'll also receive Kansas Living, a quarterly lifestyle magazine featuring real stories of farmers and producers around the state, plus great recipes, crafts, and things to see and do in Kansas. Join us today. Visit kfb.org slash farmerrancher to learn more. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Hi, this is Mike Adams, host of Adams on Agriculture, heard weekday mornings from 6 to 7 Eastern Time right here on Rural Radio. Each day, you'll hear from those making and covering the news important to rural America, topics such as markets, ag policy, trade, and rural health care, and you'll hear from the ag and political leaders about the pressing issues of the day as well as their implication on the future of agriculture. So join me here on Rural Radio each weekday morning from 6 to 7 Eastern Time for AOA, Adams on Agriculture. All right, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. What we're going to do now, it's going to be time for you to put your thinking cap on, and Tex Rubinowitz is going to come in here, and we're going to get ready for a toolbox test. Come on, Tex. He's from Ripsaw Records. Well, I'm a rolling daddy with a mean machine. It's got a V8 motor, and it sure is clean. I'm a hot rod man. Yeah, I'm a hot rod man. Well, look out, little mama going to get you. Yeah, righty. Thank you so much, Tex. Okay, here's your toolbox test. It's a cold winter day, and you are working in the shop converting your planter over to electric drive meters. You followed all the instructions and hooked the wiring up as stated. When you test run the system, you notice that a few of the meters seem to be turning slower than all the others, even though they are all set for the same population. There is no rush about fixing this, so you figure the next time you're in town, you will bring it up at the coffee shop, right? That's a great diagnostic center, at a cafe. You check the voltage to each electric motor, and it is fine. Each farmer has a different thought. Who is correct? 
Farmer A tells you that the wires may be too long and the voltmeter is not telling the truth. Fire farmer, fire, farmer B says the electric motors must be made in China and are bad. Farmer C says to look at the schematic and do a voltage drop test on the ground circuit of the motors that are running slowly. And Farmer D says that the tractor engine was running too slowly and the hydraulic flow to the planter's alternator was not enough. So think that over as we are going to answer a reader's letter here, listener's letter. And this letter is from Sam Paxton. I do not know where he lives. And he says, my 1999 Dodge pickup truck with a 5.9 liter V8 changes from defrost to the floor when I climb a long hill. Then it works properly. Any ideas? Thanks. All right. In essence, that is a very, very simple diagnostics. It may not be a simple thing to fix. Is that that uses a most newer vehicles uh, use a vacuum door system, a vacuum operated door. They call it blend air instead of a heater control valve. And what happens is when you move the temperature selector to hotter or colder, or you move the the dis- discharge uh, location from, let's say the the uh, the frost ducts, the dashboard ducts, or the floor ducts, those three locations, is that it moves a series of doors, and that's how it achieves that. And what happens is there is a vacuum chamber or vacuum storage canister. And the vacuum storage canister has a has a check valve on it. And what it'll, what it'll be is when the engine is running, it's creating a lot of vacuum, it'll charge that canister. And then if the check valve is leaking, when you go to climb a hill, you load the throttle. And as you load the throttle, the vacuum drops off in the motor. This is a gas truck. It drops off in the motor. And if the check valve is leaking, it lets the canister, the storage canister, deplete. And then the go, the, the heater blend their doors go to a default position. So that's why when you're climbing the hill, the vacuum canister is not, the check valve is not holding. And it's bleeding down and the doors are going into a default position. Once you get to the top of the hill and the engine is making vacuum because the throttle is being closed slightly, it's not open as far is that the, it charges that canister back up and the doors work properly. Why? Say So it's an easy fix. The whole idea is you need to get with the Dodge, get a, schema, a vacuum schematic from a, a Dodge service manual and see whether the check valve is integral to that vacuum container or if it is a or if it's just in the line if it's just in the line it'll be easier to fix lots of times you have to rip the whole dashboard apart but also what you could do is if you go to a better auto parts store even if it is part of container you could buy a part of the the canister you could probably buy a vacuum check valve and just cut the line and put it in because you don't want to rip the whole dashboard apart on an older truck just to fix that it's it's a pain in the neck but it needs to be fixed right so uh uh, nothing you could do about it all right uh farmer c knows the most likely reason for the meters running slowly uh a dc circuit uses voltage and ground if a ground circuit is weak meaning it has high resistance then all of the voltage will not get to wherever the load is in this case the electric motors a voltage drop test is the only accurate way to check a ground circuit so it's very very important that when you are working with electron and that's a part and i've spoken about this before you know you're putting a lot of electronics on equipment you're putting a lot of elect a lot of electronics on planters and what have you is that it's going to be very 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 sensitive to the 
ground circuit. And why is that one running slower and the other one not? Who knows? Because electricity takes the path of these resistance. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed day. Be safe, and I will catch you next week. And don't forget to go to the website and check everything out. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Hey folks, join us for the Better Horses Radio Show on Wednesday and Thursday evenings at 11 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 with host Ernie Rodina, Don Dawson, and me, Ron McDaniel. Along with our KSU vet tip, we'll have Anna Morrison, Executive Director of the NRCHA, followed by our interview with Katie Starr and Dr. Cubitt on forage feeding options for our horses. So tune in to the Better Horses Radio Show on Wednesday or Thursday evenings right here on Rural Radio Channel 147. We know you love rodeo as much as we do. And now with the Cowboy Channel Plus app, there's a whole lot more to love. So whether you're listening to live rodeo action from across the country, browsing the archive to catch up on past events, or following along while you listen on the radio, we want to hear about it. Shoot an email to Patrick at RFDTV.com to let Rural Media Group founder and president Patrick Gotch know how you are using the Cowboy Channel Plus. Don't have it yet? Sign up at CowboyChannelPlus.com today. In the field, on the farm, or in the saddle, we're right there with you in your pocket, on your phone, and everywhere you go. RFD TV Now. Current ag reports, geo targeted weather, live streaming 24 7, and our full collection of shows you love at the tip of your finger. At less than $10 a month, it's the cheapest tool on the farm. Download the app today and start watching RFD TV Now.